Hi, Praise Chapel family. This is Rob Santiago, and this sermon I titled it, Quality Control, where we examine some parables Jesus taught us to give us better quality in our faith. I hope you enjoy it, so sit back and just listen to the sermon, and hopefully it speaks to you. Thank you. Good evening, Praise Chapel. I just want to thank you guys for tuning in this evening. Uh, you got me tonight, so I got a word that I've been praying about. I've been really seeking God about. Uh, but before we do that, I want to just pray a little bit. So if you would just bow your heads with me out there as I just say a little prayer for us as we get into God's word. Heavenly Father, I just ask that your Holy Spirit would just minister to all of us today, Father God. That your spirit would reside in the homes of those that are watching, Lord. That you would just continue to move in our lives that this would be a time of molding and shaping our faith and our spirituality and love for you, Father. We ask that you would just move in this place, Lord, that you would use me, Father God, to preach your gospel, to preach your word, Lord, and to speak truth. I thank you, Father, for the opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to tell you just a little story about my life. See, when I accepted Christ into my life, I thought everything was going to be sunshine and rainbows. I thought everything was going to be taken care of. I wouldn't have any issues or problems with anything. And suddenly I realized that Man, it's really tough being a Christian. As soon as I accepted Christ, I thought everything was going to come together. But in reality, it started to become more difficult. My friends started to give me a hard time. Some of my family members gave me a little bit of a hard time. And it was just a different lifestyle that I had to live and I had to commit myself to. And there was just a lot of breaking points that impacted my life. Uh, but they're breaking points that really led, led up to what I am today. See, I believe God is a God that likes to mold us and shape us for quality. So today, the title of this sermon is Quality Control. I believe all of us are called to have some type of quality control in our spiritual life. We should be constantly nurturing and increasing our faith. And it's not something that should be slipped or, or something that should be overlooked. The reason I think this is because I look at the Old Testament and I see the people of Israel constantly in this cycle of sin. And I've mentioned this before to you, where God provides a blessing to Israel, then Israel falls into idolatry and sin. Then God rescues them again with more blessings. And then Israel falls back into sin again. And then God provides blessing again. And it's just this constant circular reasoning that is going on. And it's a relationship between man and God where God is constantly refining the people of Israel. See, I believe God builds us up for quality faith. And we may be out there today and we may be thinking, you know what, Lord, everything's just kind of hit the fan in my life and, and, and things aren't, aren't, aren't going the way I originally had planned it with you. And that may be you, but you've got to understand something that God is trying to do some quality control in your life. See, it's our perspective that sometimes needs a shift. We need to really sit down and think about the high level of what God is trying to do. What is he trying to say in the circumstances that I'm currently in? See, Smith Wigglesworth said this. He says, before God could bring me to this place, he has broken me a thousand times. Think about that. It doesn't stop, church. Sometimes it's going to feel like, God, last month you were breaking me, and this month you're breaking me again. But in reality, God can break you down a thousand times, and it is our job to remain faithful. Because in those times, in those circumstances, God is really trying just to raise somebody up. He's trying to bring something out of you that you didn't know you were capable of doing. And if you don't allow God to minister to you in that capacity, then you'll never have the growth, you'll never have the faith that God expects 
aspects of you. Amen? And so, you only know the quality of your spirit if you know your breaking point. See, and that's what God sometimes tries to do. He tries to find your breaking point. And it's important that you understand where that is in your life. Where is your breaking point? See, there's been a couple times where I've gotten into arguments. Maybe it was with my wife, my lovely wife, where I was wrong, of course. Um, or, or maybe it's with coworkers. And I realized that everybody's got a breaking point to the point where they just need to walk away. Right? Even me. There's been times where I've had to just walk away. And, and in reality, I realized, wow, I really hit my breaking point there where I felt like I may have lost control of myself. And today, I really want to talk about those type of scenarios, those type of scenarios where God is trying to build some type of quality in our spirit and in our faith. There's a, a term we use at work. It's called quality testing. For those of you that didn't know, I, I, I work in a corporate uh, a corporate environment where there's a lot of testing, there's a lot of labs, and, and we're testing software, we're testing hardware, and, and all the CEOs and the executives, they really kind of sit down and they're wondering for months, hey, how's that going? How's the testing going? You know, what's our plan? At what time is it going to be done? And really, they're answering one question. As soon as we're done with our testing, after months of testing, and the, the question that they ask is, is it good? And that's the question I want you to ask yourself tonight. Is your faith good? Is the quality good? Would God be proud? Is it good enough for him? Is it something that you're satisfied with? Or is it something that God needs to satisfy? See, that's what I want to challenge you with today. The funny thing is when we think it's good, um, we think it's, you know, it's time to release it and share it with everybody. And that's the faith we need to have, where we think it's good, and it's like, okay, our faith is good now, now we must share it. But when we think it's bad, we begin to panic. More work needs to be done. We're not going to meet the deadline. I'm not good enough. And if you're saying that to yourself, and you're saying that you're not good enough, or that you are, are, are not where you think that God wants you to be, then it's possible you need to go through some quality control. One time, I remember in my life, I prayed for patience. And my connect group leader, John Valdez at the time, told me when I said the prayer request and I shared it in that, in that evening, I was a young guy, probably like 19 or 20 years old. And I shared, I just need more patience. And when he told me, he took me aside. He goes, look, I noticed you prayed for patience. I said, yeah, I did. He goes, get ready, bro. I said, why? He goes, because that means you're going to get tested. You're going to go through some trials. The only way to get some patience and to get some quality of faith is you got to go through trials. Amen. And I remember that all this drama started to come into my life. I was being tested from every facet of my life. I felt like God was literally putting me through this quality control process that he had, that he had made just for me. And I, luckily that, that I was told that because I responded in a way where I said, you know what, Lord, if this is the circumstance you want me to go through, then I'm going to go through it with you in mind. I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to put, I'm going to put prayer requests up to my friends. I'm going to tell people in my connect group. I'm going to tell uh, just my closest friends to keep me in prayer over that topic. See, quality is important in your spiritual life. Sometimes we get stuck thinking that, oh, if I just go to church, I'm good enough. Or, hey, if I just, you know, read one verse a day, it's going to get me through. But in reality, it's not just how many times. It's not the volume. It's the quality. It's the time that you spend with God that matters. The time that you put aside. See, you need to actually put aside the time. 
It requires persistence. And I want to talk to you. That's going to be my first point for you if you're taking notes. That persistence brings spiritual quality in your life. In Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8, this is uh, Jesus telling this parable. It says, And Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that, that they should always pray and not give up. These are Jesus' words, church. Always pray and don't give up. Let's continue to read in verse 2. It says, He said, In a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea. Grant me justice against my adversaries, is what she said. And in verse 4, he continues on. For some time he refused. But finally he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God, Or care what people think. Yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And in verse 6, the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? See, church, it takes persistence to develop that faith. Just as Christ had said here, that he said, how much more would, would, would God and, and his chosen people, if they are begging him, how much more would they answer? Would he answer and give them what they want? It takes persistence. The widow represents the needy. Are you needful? Do you need God in your life? Do you beg him when you wake up in the morning? Do you thank him? It's more than just praise, but it's an actual conversation. It's a quality that should be taking place where it says, God, I need more of you. Not only are you awesome, but I am messed up. I need you in my life. I cannot go further without you investing into me. Please take my will and throw it away because I want your will for my life. That is quality prayer, quality praise that you give to God. When you slice out and carve that time for just just for him. See, persistence isn't a season. It's not something that just ebbs and flows. Persistence is consistent. You should be consistent. It should be behavioral that you're waking up in the morning, giving God his time. It's not just checking a box, church, but rather it's the time that we need to to spend with him. Smith Wigglesworth also says this. He says, a prayer without faith is without accomplishment. And I'm just reminded how, uh, how sometimes we can pray and it could be a mundane prayer. It can be a prayer that we constantly pray. And, and it, it could be mindless sometimes. Just mindless prayers where our hearts are just not really in it. Yet we're trying to pray, but the quality just isn't there. We don't have our heart backing it. Our spirit isn't really crying out as it should. And really, that's what God is looking for. In Matthew 6, verse 7 through 8, it says, But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. See, church, it's not for us to babble. It is really a time where we we have intentional words, intentional quality prayer, where we, we are 100% focused on the words that we're telling God. I remember there was a time in my life where I was upset with God. I was a new convert and I was so mad at him because my friends started 
kind of distancing themselves from me in high school when I accepted Jesus. And I didn't know how to deal with that. I remember I had went to a party one time and nobody really talked to me. And I was really upset, so I had left the party early, which was like midnight. And I remember just sitting in the back of my truck at the time that I had. And, uh, and I, I put the bed down. I didn't want to go into the house uh, and, and just kind of end my evening. So I just, I just sat on the, on, the, on the truck of my bed and I began to just say, God, why is it so hard? Why is it so difficult? Like, why would I serve you if you're going to just make me feel this way all the time or put me in these circumstances that I don't really appreciate? And I started to yell at God. I got mad at him. I really got upset with him. And I, I, um, and I, I got flustered and I was, just, I was just so upset that I could be put through something like that because it wasn't anything that I had planned. See, I was expecting that once I accepted Christ that everything would fall, come into place. That God would actually be something that people liked about me. But in reality, it wasn't. It was a little bit of persecution, but not a lot. But it was enough to just get me to think, you know what, God, I'm mad at you. See, it's how you respond. It's the quality of prayer that you give. That night, I remember kind of feeling a little bit better. I, I, I was yelling at God, but at that evening, I said, you know what, Lord? Thank you for your peace. Thank you for, for, for taking these feelings away. And I had let it out, and I would let it out in prayer. And it was well thought out, putting my whole heart behind it. And it was something that I came out, and I came out with victory. See, I wasn't no longer mad at my friends. As a matter of fact, I, I carried no bitterness after that night. And I remember saying, God, you were always in control. You had always planned it. Because I wasn't mad, I had let it out. I had told God I was still able to love my friends and tell them about Jesus and what he's doing in my life. See, it's a domino effect when you have quality prayer in your life and when you have just quality time that you spend with him and you are persistent with the things of God. Amen. The next thing I want to talk to you about if you're taking notes, my next point is humility brings quality to your faith. And I think it's something that we lack a lot of the times or, or, or it's something that we can just kind of overlook, but we need to be humble just like our Savior was. He was extremely humble. And, and he tells stories of humility and, and how it, humility is kind of meant for us to just connect with God. And in Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 14, Jesus says this, to some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. Verse 11 says, the Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like the other. People, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector, I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. So I want to stop right there and just pause it. We see that this Pharisee is highlighting all the good deeds that he's doing, all the box that he's checking, everything that he does right, everything that can be done that is seen. But look what the tax collector does in verse 13. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. So he takes a different posture where he's beating his chest. He holds his dead head down and he says, God have mercy on me. I am a sinner. In other words, he's not highlighting all the good that he's doing. He's actually telling himself and telling God, I am messed up. 
Have mercy on me. I'm hanging my head low because I am just filled with sorrow. I am not worthy of you, Lord. That's the humility, and that's what brings quality into your life. Now, look what happens. Look what Jesus says in verse 14. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. In other words, church, it's not about checking the boxes. It's not about going through a checklist or anything like that. It's the quality. And humility can bring that quality. It's complete submissiveness that humility brings. Lord, I am a sinner. Lord, I am messed up. And when you're trying to build quality faith, and you're trying to have some quality control in your faith, and your spiritual life, you need to be humble. Your prayers should be humble. See, the tax collector understood his shortcomings, recognized them, and repented. You should be looking for your shortcomings, church. And, and it's those things, by your humility, those are the things that should bring you closer to God. God, I, I struggle in this area. I'm, my shortcoming is this. My weakness is this. Help me with that, Lord. Let your spirit give me strength. See, when you have that type of humility, it brings that quality of faith I'm talking about. And you need to con- cultivate this humility in your life. It should be behavioral. I remember one time I, I, I told, when I first became a convert, I had told uh, someone that was discipling me at the time, I told him, I will never lose my faith. I will be saved forever. And he pulled me aside and he said, Rob, that kind of scares me a little bit because I don't want you to get too cocky. You need to have some humility in your spiritual life because everybody can fall. Nobody's exempt from temptation. You should be in complete submission all the time. Even Jesus was in submission, even to the Father when he was being tempted. And so it's important that we bring that into our life as Jesus was the greatest example to that. The third thing I want to bring to you, self-control brings quality to your faith. Hey, it's behavioral. Sometimes we need to have some self-control in our life. See, sometimes we get into unwanted circumstances and those are the things that should bring quality to your faith. In other words, you should have the self-control to pray before reaction. Because sometimes we react and then we pray. But in reality, we should pray and then react. There are times even in ministry, for those of you that are in ministry, where you're dealing with other people. You need to have some self-control. You need to pray before you, com- you, you connect with somebody. You need to pray before you address a certain circumstance that is bothering you. And it's important that we develop this type of self-control that is talked about. Again, Smith Wigglesworth said, and I'm going to repeat it, before God can bring me to this place, he has broken me a thousand times. When you're broken a thousand times, you start to get some self-control. And it's really in those circumstances that I talked about where you need to look at and say, how am I going to respond to this? Take a moment, take a spiritual breather to say, not only breathe physically, but say, Lord, have mercy on me. What do you want me to do right now? I'm losing it. I, Lord, I need your spirit. I am a sinner. I need you to take control of the situation and give me wisdom in this circumstance. That's really the spiritual breather that we should be having. And that'll cultivate the quality I'm talking about. In Titus chapter 2, verse 11 through 13, it says, For the grace of God has appeared that, uh, has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no 
to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Again, people without self-control, church, love pleasure more than God. And if you're sitting there right now saying, well, that sounds a lot like me. I love pleasure than loving God, then you need to check yourself. You need some quality control in your life. You shouldn't love pleasure before God. The other day I was thinking, I was talking with my wife. I said, man, you know, uh, I can't wait till Disneyland opens back up. In reality, I'm like, wow, Rob, I felt some conviction. I said, Rob, are you that excited when the church opens up? Do you say that when the church opens up? I'm just being transparent with you. And I caught myself. I said, you know what, Lord, I can't wait for your church to open up. I'm going to be the first one through those doors. I cannot wait till the, till the doors open up and I get to see all my friends. I, I repented. I was like, well, hey, in reality, sometimes we put pleasure before the kingdom of God. And, and that's where we have, need to have some self-control. And I hope you appreciate me being transparent with you. But it's sometimes we say things that we probably shouldn't say. Like, yeah, I can't wait for Disneyland to open up. But to be honest, church, I can't wait to see all of you again. I can't wait to see my spiritual brothers and sisters to be uplifted, lifted up, and just to have conversations. You know, and, and, and even just to, just to be next to them. Is something that I, that I feel. And, and reality, that's, that's our perspective. It should really be like that. You know, and it's not so much about pleasure, but it's everything that has to do with just seeking God rather than always trying to seek some kind of pleasure. Because it is a pleasure that is going to get you in trouble. It is a pleasure that's going to distract you from the things of God. Don't expect God to tell you all the time, don't do that. This is where self-control comes in. See, God's not always going to tell you, don't do that. You need to rely on your personal convictions. You need to rely on your spirit to give you wisdom and to say, God, you know what? I am messed up, you know, and I need your wisdom at this moment. I have a question for you, those of you sitting out there. How good is your spiritual quality? Is it good quality? Is it good? I'm reminded of, of at work again. Is it good? Because if it's not good, then you need to go through some more testing. Lord, Give me patience. Lord, I bow down to you. I need more of you and less of me. You need to go through some quality control. Leonard Ravenhill, I have a tongue twister here, so just bear with me, but he has a quote. It's a little lengthy, but it's a tongue twister. But it's awesome what he says. He says, no man is greater than his prayer life. The pastor who is not praying is playing. The people who are not praying are straying. We have many organizers, but few agonizers. Many players and payers, few prayers, and many singers, few clingers. Lots of pastors, few wrestlers, many fears, few tears. Much fashion, little passion, many interferers, few intercessors, many writers, but few fighters. Falling here, we fail everywhere. We need to take the examples of Scripture in Christ and really begin to practice those things in our life. And what Leonard Ravenhill is saying is, are you tough enough? Are you tough enough to battle any circumstance in your faith? That if you can get the worst news, that you would fall to your knees and give God praise. Are you tough enough? Will the quality of faith you have stand the temptations and circumstances in your life? 
I want to conclude with this in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5-8. through 8, It says, For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to examine yourself right now. Examine your persistent prayers. Examine your self-control. Examine your humility towards God. Because that's really where we need to put a test on ourselves. See, it's about quality control. And right now I'm challenging you. Test the quality. Think about some circumstances and how you're handling them. Think about what may happen in the future and how you're going to react. Are you going to react with God in mind? Or are you going to react with your flesh in mind? And it's really that type of understanding is where we can, we can really gather and gain quality. Leonard Ravenhill also says this, the greatest miracle that God can do today is take an unholy man out of an unholy world, make him holy, then put him back into that unholy world and keep him holy in it. See, our God can do that. And tonight, I'm speaking to you about true change. It's quality, but I'm speaking to you about true change. Even though you may know who Christ is, you may be sitting out there, yeah, I accepted Jesus long ago. I'm telling you about a quality change. I'm telling you about a change that can change your life, that can give you unsurmountable, unsurmountable faith to the point where you can overcome anything, where you can give praise in every circumstance. That's the type of quality control we expect. And that should be the standard that we have as Christians and men and women of the faith. Test yourself tonight. But for those of you that are out there, Maybe you're looking at your quality and it's probably not up to the standard that I spoke about or the standard that maybe God expects of you. And you're saying, you know what, Rob? I I need to increase my quality. I want to pray with you out there right now. I want you to to just pray with me. See, I'm not only going to pray for you, but I want you to pray with me. See, that's quality. It's not just listening to me, but it's acting. And we're going to practice that right now. So I'm going to pray over you. I'm going to give you a quality prayer. And I want you guys to pray along. Amen. Heavenly Father, for everybody sitting out there right now, I pray for quality in their life. For those that feel, Lord, that are just, that that feel inadequate, Lord, that know that they have made mistakes, knowing that that you're in control of their lives, Lord, that that have gone astray, Father, that may have not set the times for you, knowing that they should have. Lord, I pray for that spirit right now that you would increase it. Lord, that your Holy Spirit would anoint them, Father, and that the conviction would bring a circumstance where they can come closer to you, a circumstance where they prostrate themselves in prayer, where they surrender to you, where they hang their head and say, Lord, I'm a sinner. Lord, I pray that you would just bless your people. Father, that you'd strengthen them, Lord, with the power, Lord, with the the power of your Holy Spirit. Father, I pray that you would give them strength to those that are going through a circumstance that they have no control 
control over, Father. Give them the quality of faith to get them back that control. Putting everything in you, relying on you and suppressing their flesh, Lord, and just really chasing you, Father God. Father, I thank you for everything. Lord, we surrender to you in every circumstance because we want your will and not our will. Lord, we relinquish control so that you can take that control and that your will would be done. We thank you, Lord. We love you and we honor you in Jesus' name. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.